The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Dave Hanratty from the No Encore podcast is with us to remember the remarkable musical career of Tina Turner, who died yesterday at the age of 83. Dave, we play a bit of music to start. What would be your favourite Tina Turner track? Uh, it would be one that might not be everyone's favourite, but it holds an interesting personal connection for me because I remember seeing this in cinema when I was a young boy. It's the GoldenEye theme tune from Pierce Brosnan's first outing as James Bond. wrote that? Bono and the Edge wrote that. I did not know that. Uh, it's weird. I, I said it to someone else today and they were thought I was lying. But no, it's true. They wrote that song. She, of course, hopped on the vocal and absolutely nailed it as she did with every single song she ever sang. Because that's a tremendous choice. I love that song. It's amazing. It holds up so well. And again, I remember like sitting in the Abbey Cinema in Drogheda with my first ever Bond film. I think I was 10. And that starts up and you're just mesmerised by everything. And those vocals in a cavernous cinema, you can't do much better. Another great movie one was uh, from Mad Max. Uh, we don't need another hero. Yeah, in which she also appeared as a character on the entity opposite Mel Gibson. And not the greatest film of all time, not the best Mad Max film, but again, the screen presence, the stage presence, the everything. Like we, there, there's just superlative. Like the words, the word iconic, the word icon. Like like these words that are thin gruel these days. They apply to Tina Turner. All the superlatives do. Because I suspect that we were discussing what we would discuss today about Tina Turner is that she's known to all age groups. That there are few enough artists of her age who would be instantly recognisable to an awful lot of younger audience because probably generation after generation has had her music on in the car, for example. Yeah, I remember I grew up in a house where the the Simply the Best Greatest Hits collection was just always on the stereo. My mother was a huge fan and I just, you just heard Tina Turner every day in the house. And I think I read a stat there where she had something like seven, like, like, set, like seven decades of consecutive UK top 40s because there was a remix of one of her songs recently, like in 2020 or something. So she is a transcendent artist in so many respects. And even beyond the music, she is just such a role model for people, for women. And that will continue. I mean, her legacy is not never going to stop. She has passed away. It is, of course, terribly, terribly sad. But this is the chance to celebrate an unbelievable life. Because you say the, the role model issue is she possibly would have been one of the first people to have been seen to deal with and prosper after being the victim of domestic violence. Yeah, at the hands of Ike Turner. And, you know, that story of them coming together, she got into his band. She wasn't supposed to be on a track that she ended up on. The label said, no, no, we want her involved. He gave her this stage name of Tina Turner, which was essentially so he could replace her at any time with somebody else and just kind of trademark it that way. And then, of course, yeah, horrific, horrific spousal abuse would occur. There's reports of her performing on stage with him and she had blood in the back of her throat from the injuries she had inflicted. She kept going. Eventually, it all became too much and she left him and essentially, over time, managed to walk away with with the stage name which of course was initially used to exploit her but she ends up with the stage name she knew what she would do with it she was always the better of the two of those and of course in the years to come her story will become global there'll be a film made about it with Angela Bassett playing her and you know she's talked about it before she was asked in the 90s by Larry King do you consider yourself a feminist hero and she said I'm starting to like it took that long like and of course she did so much for women as well from the point of view of 
becoming famous essentially like 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 on her own in her 40s which was unheard of she did all these things that no one else could ever do and, and I mean, as a black woman as well yeah hugely and, and like you, you saw like the likes of Mick Jagger as well say like well I took that from Tina Turner and like you know whether it's his stage kind of presence or even the music she like she transcended people's opinions like obviously like ignorant opinions of, of black people as well uh, she's this incredible just global icon and will always be she was like there was a quote from her from 10 years ago talking to Oprah Winfrey when she was asked what do you think about your legacy she said, it's that I stayed on course from the beginning until the end. I believed in something inside of me that told me you can make something better. My legacy is a person who strived for something better and got it. She also had the most extraordinary and distinctive voice, didn't she? It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, you, you put on absolutely anything. And you, like, who sounds like her? Like today, like, like I mean, of course, like, we have amazing vocalists all over the world, which she has influenced in many of them. But a Tina Turner song comes on and there's no question of who it is and how powerful it will make you feel listening to it. Let's hear a little bit of Proud Mary. She could do so many styles as well, couldn't she? Yeah, and like that's well, that, that's a John Fogerty song, a Creedence song, and you know you could make the argument is is it better? You know, like like when she covered a song style wise, yeah, she's like she's referred to as the queen of rock and roll, and you know she kind of teamed up with the Who at one stage. She could do pretty much anything. I mean, like the Bond theme, I think is a great example because it sounds beautifully nineties in one respect, it sounds beautifully Bond in another respect, but it sounds perfectly Tina Turner as well. I there's nothing you could put to her that she couldn't do, and also as a performer. I mean, the cardio and stamina that this woman would exert when she performed, I mean, it put some modern Premier League footballers to shame. It's unbelievable, like, how she could get through those performances. She should be talked about with all of the elite musical artists, from, like, no matter the genre, she should be in the conversation. I think she will be in the conversation. She has passed away, but the music will never die, and the Tina Turner performances will never die. You mentioned Bono and the Edge writing for her. Didn't Paul Brady write for her as well? Yeah, I believe so, a long time ago. And, you know, like, she kind of flitted between different writers. I mean, like, like, like some people would say, oh, like her biggest songs are covers or they're, you know, songs written for other people. That does, that, that absolutely doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Is a listener, just as I said that of Paul Brady's text, and don't forget Steel Claw was written for her by Paul Brady. I think Mark Knopfler played for the guitar on Private Dancer as well, if I remember rightly. Yeah, you're correct. I was going to say Steel Trap because I was just uh, unsure and I'm glad that that listener got ahead of me there. Thank okay. you very much. <laughs> Another listener says River Deep Mountain High Live is amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. And again, look, something you're seeing in the last kind of 24 hours and the when the news broke last night, all these fo- like all this archive footage, all these concert footage, kind of hitting Twitter, hitting social media, and people just sharing them en masse. And it's been amazing to just kind of sit back and watch all of it, listen to all of it. She had a tough last few years, though, didn't she, health-wise? Yeah, very much so. I mean, there's this incredible story about how she had a kidney transplant, I think it was in 2017. Um, she, you know, she did remarry. She married Erwin Bock, uh, and she's been living in Switzerland for, lo- for those last few years. And like, there's kind of a beautiful poetry to it in one sense, because she needed a kidney transplant. It didn't look likely, and her husband is the one who gave her that transplant. So there's kind of a level of one man years prior took so much from her and nearly broke her entirely and another man gave her something of him to keep her in this world so uh, I mean, even like last night when the news broke there was an incredible obituary written by the Hollywood Reporter so detailed and lengthy clearly written by a human being and not AI which is good but also the fact that it was ready to go would indicate that you know it wasn't a secret she was ill people were expecting this for some time but again I keep coming back to that thing of I just don't see how Tina Turner will, will ever 
be forgotten. It just won't happen. People will talk about her for years and years to come. She will influence musicians as long as there is music. Dave Hanra, he thank you. We've gone way late. We'll be back with the six of six after this. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.